Welcome to the Inner Room, Emotions in the Bible, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the emotional content they provide to guide us in our spiritual journey to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Today is the Thursday of the fifth week of Easter, and in the Acts of the Apostles, we are returning back to chapter 1, verses 15 through 17 and 20 to 26. Because today in the church we celebrate the remembrance of St. Matthias, who takes the place amongst the twelve for Judas, who betrayed Jesus and pointed it to him to the people that arrested him to be crucified. Peter stands in a room with 120 people and begins by telling how scripture had already pre-told that this moment was going to happen, that the Holy Spirit had spoken through David through a psalm in the form of let his encampment become desolate and may no one dwell in it, may another take his office. We are seeing that from the beginning of the story in David's psalm, it's foretold that Judas would betray Jesus and that someone else would have to take the office. Jesus had spent three years instructing the apostles, walking with them, fishing with them, eating with them. They would sleep out in the open. They would travel from place to place. And Peter, along with the other apostles in the last few weeks, have been asking lots of questions of Jesus as he remains with them before he um, is killed, but also after he's resurrected. They're asking very basic questions. And Jesus tells them, you want me to go up to the Father because then the Holy Spirit will be poured upon your hearts and he will continue instructing you. And the man we see in Peter today in Acts is a very different man than the one that had betrayed Jesus three times, acknowledging not that he knew him. We see Peter speaking with certainty, with confidence, with full knowledge of how the scriptures show the fulfillment of God's words in Jesus. And then after that reading, kind of a liturgical moment where he quotes scripture, he says, now we are going to select two men amongst all of us here that walked with us from the moment that Jesus was baptized by his cousin John to the moment he ascended. That means that it's not just the 12 walking all this time and being instructed, but there were others. I'd like to ponder for a moment on that idea that we may have around us management board meetings or other types of meetings that have an inner circle where a select few are close to the main leader. And then sometimes we get to sit at that and others we don't get to sit at those inner circle meetings and how do we feel when we are selected for those or not? Here, they're about to find two other people. Joseph and Matthias are the two that get selected. And we are told they walked with the 12 apostles the entire time. They're going to take one of them only to fill the space that Judas had left. And they don't pick somebody right away. We learn from the apostles to leave room in our discernment process when we're making decisions to know the heart of God. They turn it over to God, and this is our practice when we have to decide 
God, you know the hearts of all, says the scriptures. Show us which one you've chosen. So this is an example for how we might do the same thing when we have to pick something. For the seniors that are graduating, they've had the discernment for what school to pick. We may have uh, jobs that, like right now, I'm in the process of finding a new job and I have some offers and I have to discern. So the idea that we ask that kind of question is opening it up for the discernment of the Holy Spirit so that we're not deciding on our own, but we're allowing God to tell us what to do. And then what do we do when we're Joseph? We're not Matthias that is chosen as one of the 12, but Joseph, Justice, that almost makes it to the inner circle, but doesn't. What is his action? Does he leave? In Spanish, we say with the tail, you know, between uh, the feet and walks away. La cola entre los pies. Or do we uh, continue to give our best with enthusiasm. Many right now are being furloughed. Many have either salaries or we have hours reduced in many of the teams around me right now. There's a lot of feeling of uncertainty. So here uh, we have an example of Matthias being picked to a place of leadership and we have Joseph that is not selected. So again, we have to learn to manage our emotions both when we're included or when we are excluded. These should not deter us from our mission. We should be able to still collaborate and work with those around us, even if we've been furloughed, give our best, and know that that may mean God is opening up space for us to do something else with that time. God definitely has a job for Joseph Barsavas, Justice that is mentioned in the scriptures and is not being one of the 12. The psalm today is Psalm 113. The Lord will give him a seat with the leaders of his people is the refrain that we repeat. In previous episodes, we've talked about the psalms as being a very wonderful tool to learn how to praise God. Since we're in Easter, a lot of them have been about praising God and His name, His holy works. Today, we're talking about the Lord will give him a seat with the leaders of His people. Two thoughts come to mind for me as I repeat that refrain. The first one is that there are specific times, maybe when we are being chosen to a position of leadership, or maybe we are being considered, but we end up not being chosen, as we just saw on the first reading, where we can bring that moment of waiting for a decision or moment of discernment, as we are the ones making it, to God, who can assist us in making the right decision. The Lord will give him a seat with the leaders of his people. These also talks about another thought that God intervenes in our lives. Not only that we can take a moment to find the right decision, but in this case, the Lord will give him a seat, talks about God actually being actively the one who makes moves in our life when we allow it or when he needs it. Sometimes I haven't really listened to the will of God. I haven't always known how to do that. And then an event has happened that has put me face to face with either a personal trait or somebody in my environment or an action that I've been wanting to take for a long time, but that I haven't taken. 
And I all I think all of those apply for this time of the pandemic where we are all home. We're facing our maybe garage needing attention, speaking for myself, or uh, maybe a book that we've started to write but we haven't completed, or maybe a relationship with one of the people in your home or mine that maybe benefits from having a little bit more of more time and attention. So sometimes an opportunity arises where I speak about this moment of the pandemic as God having given me an opportunity to to rest, to ponder, to clean up, to do things like this. My son inviting me to do uh, some episodes on podcasts that are helping me transition into a time where he's not near me, but he's far away. So in the psalm, we talk about God intervening. We get used to making our own decisions, setting up our own goals. I think all of us are thinking about school ending and the summer beginning. And the choices for summer are going to be very different than they have been for other years. We usually sit as a family and we write down uh, our goals. What do we want to do when we look back at our summer? What are some of the things that we want to have accomplished? And so everybody sets a couple of goals for themselves personally. I want to clean my room or I want to learn to play something or learn some songs or skateboarding or uh, wall climbing, rock climbing. We've had a, a number of different things, scuba diving. This summer, if we are all closer to home and the choices for travel that we had are canceled, a lot of the things we had planned are not going to happen. How do we reorganize ourselves to create a flow for the summer how do we create daily routines and then monthly, weekly routines that can help us ebb and flow? This will be very different if you have young ki kids at home versus elderly parents versus uh, teenagers like I have. Uh, usually my kids get jobs for the summer as camp counselors. Um, the girls were going to be basketball uh, assistant coaches. All of those options are off the table. So they're having to reinvent their summer and we can help do that also by asking the Holy Spirit to assist us. Also by using technology as a way of, of helping each other, supporting each other, creating maybe events or opportunities where we can still come together. So in the first reading, we see that the apostles themselves make room for discernment, for listening. Apply these to this moment of the pandemic. Open your heart to the will of God. That means we suspend our judgment on a decision momentarily and ask God, what would you like me to do? You'll be surprised what happens. Answers will come. When a student is ready, a master appears. When a question is asked, an answer shows up. This is true. And it's true always. So how do I hear these answers? The answer comes through others, through my own activity that creates fruit in that action shows me something that I had not sometimes expected. They can come from my environment, from what I'm reading, something in a book or in a text or online, from something I'm listening to, whether it's music or a friend on a phone call or uh, a TV program that I might be watching on Netflix. So there's an entire environment that is speaking. If I'm attuned to it, then I begin to listen. It's similar to when we learn a foreign language. We have to get used to that particular way of speaking. It happens to me every time I see a Shakespeare play. For the first few minutes, I don't understand anything until my ear attunes 
to that wonderful British way of talking or Shakespeare's cadence when he's um, creating creating sort of stanzas that sound different than normal language. Learning to hear the word, le learning to hear God speaking to us requires practice, requires attunement, requires putting the time. Most of all, it requires making room. Make room so that you can develop an eye and an ear for how God speaks in your life. He will speak. And finally, we come to the gospel reading for today, which is John 15, verses 9 through 17. Jesus continues on his speech saying, I chose you from the world to go and bear fruit that will last. Yesterday, we pondered about fruitfulness. What does it mean to produce fruit? Jesus loves to talk in metaphors. And these metaphors are metaphors for his time when people were farmers and they were growing things that were very close to the land. So he's talking about fruitfulness because when we put action onto the land, there is something that comes out from those seeds that we are planting. And We have some actions that we take. We till the land, we prepare it, we take out the rocks, and then we place the seed, we water it, we take care of it, we make sure that bugs or other things don't come and take over. But then the seed takes its own path in unfolding the life that is within it. So Jesus tells us, I chose you from the world. That means if we are listening to these together, if we are listening to the word of God in John 15, it means we've been chosen to listen to this moment. And then we are chosen to go, there's a motion, and to bear fruit, which means if we open ourselves up for the life of God within us by asking these questions, by pondering about the things that are happening in our life, by taking a deep breath and looking for a divine perspective, then we begin to see that these questions start to bear fruit, answers begin to come. We also talked about fruitfulness being related to our work. Many of us may be involved in work that is very temporary. It's It comes and goes. Maybe it's a patient that we are taking care of and the patient gets better and we might see them or not again. Uh, there are some others, like I work in architecture where we build buildings that stand the test of time and may be there for centuries. Imagine The pyramids of Egypt have been there for thousands of years. So some of the work we produce lasts for a long time. But what is the fruit that Jesus is telling us? Jesus is telling us to remain in his love, to keep his commandments. And that means we will be in him and he will be in us. And he's telling us, this is what I've done. My father asked me to keep the commandments. He asked me to show you the way. I've done it. He's remained in me, and if you follow my instructions, if you do what I did, then you also remain in me. I've told you these things, he says, so that my joy might be in you, and my joy may be complete. That's another of my favorite parts of the Bible, the favorite verses. My kids say I have a lot, but that's definitely one that I repeat a lot. I have come that your joy may be complete. And there is a joy in following God's commandments because they provide a boundary for us for right action, right listening, right hearing. Why? Because they are inclining everything in us to love. That's the ultimate thing that Jesus says. You are my friends 
when you do what I command you. I've told you everything that I heard from my, from my father. And now that I have told you these things, go and bear fruit that will remain. And the fruit that remains is one that is eternal, one that is inside of us. We have a part of us that is material, that is flesh, but we have a part of us that is spiritual, that is soulful. I uh, saw recently my grandmother's inert body after she passed away during the pandemic. And we had that short, small vigil where nine of us were able to go say goodbye nine feet apart. And she lay there in the clothes that I had selected from her closet. And all of us, as we left, uh, kept saying, it was so awkward to see that there was no movement, that we were expecting the vibration of the skin, the eyelashes or the um, or the eyebrows or the forehead to crinkle, but there was no movement. So this inert body, uh, if you the, the day before had a life and an energy within it that was gone. And doctors have measured this. I think there's a movie that measures what's the activity of the brain when the brain has stopped functioning. But there is something else. I think it's seven grams, something like that, that the movie's called. But when we look at our life, there's definitely something that is tangible and physical. And there's something that is not, something that is in our thought processes, something that is in our feelings, something that is in our soul. So when we look at what Jesus is telling us, he is also connecting back to the psalm that we just read, that when we are going to re to um, to bear fruit, we will remain in him. He continues saying, it wasn't you who chose me, but I who chose you, so, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These I command you love one another. As we come through this Pentecost uh, season that is about to, to begin in, in a couple of weeks, we are reminded to ask the Father for the things we need in the middle of this pandemic. We have a lot of very specific needs about our jobs, about our financial uh, cash flow, about our children's decisions for school and college, about summer plans. Remember to ask the Father. Jesus promises Whatever you ask in my name, he may give you. And then his command, love one another. So go love. That's the command for our day.